0: The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. We are joined by Miriam Simon, who is business strategist and corporate expert, to talk about the great corporate U-turns of all time. Because during the week, we saw Center Parks, the UK and now Irish holiday destination, announced that it was going to close by virtue of uh, a gesture of respect to uh, the late Queen. Now, they weren't closing in the sense of closing for bookings. They were closing in the sense of pack your stuff and get out so that people who were on two or three week holidays were going to have to go away for a night. If they were close enough, go home. If they weren't, I don't know, sleep in the car and then come back the next day. This was, to use a technical term, daft. And they quickly, uh, U turned on it. Miriam, have you any insight as to how at a meeting they can have said, that's a good idea. We should do that.
1: Um, yes, I think, um, and, and it actually actually happens a lot more common than you think, where a high-level decision is made without actually thinking through how that will impact the business operationally. Centre Park's model is, is Monday to Thursday or Friday to Monday. So they probably felt that very minimal people would be impacted. So um, the, what they hadn't taken into account were people that had double booked or were staying there for weeks on end. So, um, yeah, a, a really good example of a... Um, making a a, making a decision without thinking through how that would operationally impact the business.
0: My favourite tweet in respect of it was somebody saying you've spent the last number of weeks training these people in archery, swimming, tree climbing, zip lining, and forest survival. Essentially you're trying to remove ninjas now from your (laughs) uh, parks. They're not alone in having done this. Walk us through the great similar examples of corporate u-turns.
1: Probably the most famous one was Coca-Cola back in the the 80s for those that can uh, remember. So Coca-Cola were at the time there was a massive battle going on with Pepsi Cola um, I, unfortunately I'm old enough to remember this The Pepsi um, Challenge, the Pepsi Challenge. So, so they did lots of market research and lots of taste tests and in blind test, taste tests, the, the market research they had a new formula, a new recipe for, for Coke that would uh, beat the competition and uh, take them into the next generation of Coke lovers and what happened was they they launched it um, as New Coke back in 1980 85 and there was a massive outcry. It was it was a marketing disaster, or was it, may I say. So um, I think their their complaints board was having 1,500 complaints a day. I think there was 31,000 calls over the space of a very small amount of time. People went out and started stockpiling and hoarding and filling their houses with, with old, old coke. coke. In the, because they were so distraught. Um, it just goes to show you the emotional attachment we have to brands. Um, so New Coke lasted only 79 days and it actually goes down as one of the biggest marketing disasters. However, I would challenge that it wasn't because the introduction of New Coke led to such a massive spike in old Coke sales that it was actually very, very good for business. It reminded the customer of of why they they were so emotionally attached to the brand.
0: Before you came in, we got a tweet saying that apparently as a function of that, the man who had been the spokesperson for New Coke was Bill Cosby and he sued because of the damage it did to Wow his reputation being associated with it. We've had a, a, a recent one fairly close to home with AIB.
1: Yeah, yeah. AIB was a, a bit of a difficult one. And, and actually, that's another example of where on paper it looks very sensible because mobile and digital transactions are up 85% in the last five years. Um, the rationale was that, that there was a huge decline, nearly 40%, I think, in ATM transactions. Um, so on paper, this is another example of something might seem good but but actually when you think it through operationally maybe not so much I, I, um, Micho- Or when
0: you think through that your shareholder is still the Irish government which changes the situation a- in which you work Absolutely,
1: uh, Micheal Martin actually urged them to reconsider the decision um, because although um, we may be slowly well, or not so slowly moving towards a cashless society there are still a lot of people that rely on cash um, across the country what about Captain Birdseye? Oh, this is one of my favourite ones. Um, we uh, And again, I'm, I'm I'm showing my age here. I grew up with Captain Birdseye on the telly, big white beard with, with fish fingers. And uh, when the actor John Hewer decided to retire back in the late 90s, I used it as an opportunity to kind of rebrand and get a bit more down with the kids and they brought in um, a really hunky new captain but unfortunately it it, it didn't work because the, that more traditional captain really inspired a lot of trust with the with the the mums and the pops out there so uh, they very quickly um, I think I think the new hunky captain lasted for about four years before a more traditional captain I'm using finger quotations there, a more traditional uh, captain was reintroduced. Did
0: you know that there actually was a Captain Birdseye? No, I didn't. Birdseye was named after. I don't think he was technically a captain. He was, I think, Clarence Birdseye. And he started the company having been in the Antarctic and watching native peoples use flash frozen fish where you bring the fish up and it immediately froze. And he thought, I'm onto something there. And he came up with flash freezing. So there was a Birdseye who they emulated with the thing. British Airways to round us
1: out. Oh uh, yeah British Airways um, uh, yeah this was the livery change um, back in the 90s um, British Airways um, possibly that was when they were at the height of their international power so to speak but um, so there was a, a decision made to change their livery to make them appear as a more recognisable international brand. Um, so they they brought in um, a, a, like a kaleidoscope of colours. All the fins were painted different colours and this was to make them look more international. Um, however, the British customers really didn't like it. It had lost its Britishness. The international customers didn't get it. And uh, Margaret Thatcher at the time um, was very famously quoted as uh, when she saw a toy model of one of the planes with the new printed uh, with the new livery painted on it she covered it with her handkerchief quoting we fly the British flag abroad I'm not going to do a Margaret Thatcher no, you're doing pretty good I was saying you uh, know, we fly commit the to British it don't go half-hearted uh, <laughs> not these awful things so so they spent a fortune every single bit of uniform every bit of aircraft was was repainted in the new livery and four years later was repainted again back into an updated version of the more traditional livery did the Gap
0: Gap the clothing retailer have something similar
1: Gap did something similar they back in 2010 they decided to update their blue box logo and uh, again massive outcry and they reverted to the old one within a week but
0: within again was week. it like Coke where they managed to it, actually it, use it as a marketing advantage
1: it, it, no maybe not so much maybe <laughs> not so much that one but, but it just goes to show you people power
0: doesn't it just Miriam thank you so much that is Miriam Simon business strategist the Anton Savage Show, Saturday
1: morning at 9 on News Talk.